0: Welcome to the Shattered Order Podcast, with your hosts, Goodnight Punk and Windkiller Inc. This week, we stare into the distance and listen to the sound of the droid army approaching as we try to prepare ourselves for the AAT tank raid and all the new updates it brings. Oh, and mystery boxes. Ooh. Hello and welcome to the 19th episode of the Shattered Order Podcast. As you can tell... It is me, Goodnight Punk, and I am back from vacation. We're going on vacation again, so catch me right in the middle of two vacations. Anyways, it's me, Dan. I'm here, of course, as always, with my co-host, Wink. What's up, Wink?
1: Oh, just being jealous of all these vacations you get to take while I'm stuck working and doing crap like that?
0: Ah, you don't want to go to Vegas.
1: No, who would want to go to Vegas? That sounds so terrible.
0: It's a boring place. Nobody goes there for fun. It's all work. Oh, I can imagine.
1: <laughs> Better yeah. you than me.
0: The work's going to be making sure my uh, NFL picks win me some money.
1: Oh, yeah. That should be a lot of fun. I'd love to go there this football season just for that reason. Just, <laughs> we're recording on Thursday night. Um,. As we'll get to in a second, the raid launches tomorrow. But I just finished watching my Packers beat up on the Bears, so that felt pretty good. Finally got the offense going a little bit.
0: That's like beating up a kindergarten team, though.
1: Dude, at this point, we'll take whatever we can get.
0: (laughs) True, true. Well, today we came out with the updated... Updated update. The update for the 20th, which includes the AAT tank takedown, which will come out tomorrow. But it also came with a few other things. So before we dive into the raid, we kind of want to go over some of these extra little things that they added in this update to get ready for that raid. So let's look at those, shall we? We shall. So this first one kind of... It should be interesting to me. I'm kind of curious how this is going to play out and what types of things go into it. But so as a reward for completing your daily activities, once you're at the level cap of 85, you're now going to get a mystery box, a mystery box. What's that? Well, according to this, a mystery box can drop a variety of items, including the possibility of raid gear. So now I'm curious, what are these variety of items? It's going to throw me some Omegas, maybe some credits, maybe a ship. Probably some gear that we already
1: have 400 pieces of. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the most likely thing. Yeah.
1: No, I'm kind of excited. I mean, I'll take anything extra free. That's, that's pretty cool. I have no issue with it. And that's kind of neat that, you know, at the level cap, omegas used to be the thing that you get and now that they've kind of branched those out and made those so much easier to get it's kind of nice that they'll be adding you know something else that's just kind of special for being at that level cap that you get to collect every day
0: definitely the only thing that bugs me maybe is putting a little RNG in my daily uh, rewards that's kind of kind of crazy but it's free so hey whatever yeah, be interesting to see what comes in on them. So, reminded me of a Family Guy quote, though, which is pretty uh, interesting. And it kind of goes along with the RNG thing. It's like, hey, you know, raid gear is raid gear. But a mystery box, that can be anything, including raid gear. So <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So what else do we got here? Galactic Gear Pack for levels 80 to 85 has updated the pack art. So that's super exciting. That's
1: huge news. I mean, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what that new pack art looks like.
0: I'm going to screenshot it and then, uh, you know, trim it down to just the pack art and probably use it as my phone background, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's a really good idea, actually. (laughs) Okay, anyways off-topic. <laughs> take, take down raid tomorrow. So, yeah. multiple simultaneous raids. Kind of stuff we already knew here. Yep. But on top of saying, you know, hey, you can run both raids at the same time, like we they told us before, they're now implementing these changes for guild switching to try to prevent hopping, right? Yep. And They're kind of weird, and people are kind of up in arms about the number crunching for it. And I can see why, in a way. Uh, I mean, it it looks like... So basically what it says here... Let me read it. Some guilds have been using guild switching or hopping to participate in far more raids than should be possible if its members all stayed part of one guild. With our previous update, we attempted to stop this unintended behavior by making players that switch guilds ineligible for raid rewards for a 48-hour period. Unfortunately, this change was not succeeding in a manner we were satisfied with. With a recent update, we are removing the 48-hour ineligibility for raid rewards when switching guilds and introducing a new change. The maximum guild bank coins that a guild can earn per day is 30k, 210 in a week. We will be tracking individual player participation in each raid, retaining the summon cost for each raid participated in, and stop providing raid rewards to the player after he or she has parsed it Participated in raids that exceed the limit of 210k per week to summon. This will only affect players that are participating in the guild switching. So, this kind of needs some clarification from what I just read there. Because if you're bringing coins forward from the week before, there's a possibility that you can run more than the 210k number two of raids in a week and do you not get raid rewards on that last one you know which would kind of be ridiculous you know
1: yeah there's been a lot of posts about this on reddit and the forums but i think the biggest part that people are probably missing is the fact that it says this will only affect players that are participating in the guild switching so if you're not participating in the guild switching you should be perfectly fine as far as this goes.
0: Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was playing the one side of it. You know, If this were to happen in the guild when you were staying in it, that would be pretty obnoxious. But as far as I'm reading this, the 48-hour cooldown that used to be there is being replaced with this, right? Yes. So if you leave a, a guild, go to another one, And you're already, and you do three raids, let's say on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you've already participated in 180Ks worth of raid at that point. You're not going to be able to get rewards from a fifth raid if you're running all tier sevens, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like if you try to push a bunch of raids in at the beginning of the week, it's not going to really do anything for you unless you can only rate at the beginning of the week and guild hopping works for you. That's the only positive I could see for people. If they wanted to put up that much work to do that, fine. But as far as guild hopping wise, I'm pretty sure that that's what this means is, Hey, you stay in your guild. This is not going to affect you. You're going to be able to use all your coins in the way you want to get all the rewards you want. And we're trying to keep everyone in their guild, you know? So,
1: Yep, that's exactly what I got from it. I have no issue with what they're doing. I actually like it. This kind of seems to be the most effective way to take care of that issue because, like you said before, I mean, if a guild would stock up all their coins and then blow through a lot of raids right there in a short period of time, then that would allow somebody to collect on a lot of raids, you know, if they would then leave the guild shortly after and do it in another one. So I think this is a really great uh, great. Roger Rabbit or something. <laughs> uh, really great, great way to prevent that from actually happening. Uh, so I'm like, kudos because I I think this will be really effective.
0: And not only on guild hopping, right? But let's say you have a guy in another guild that maybe they're running tier sixes, and he wants to get into tier sevens, and he has to leave his current guild to join a new guild, and in the process misses a raid. Because he's still in that forty-eight hour period, right? You're kind of being punished in a way, even though you're not trying to pull one over on uh, the game, right? That, yeah, so that's you, a good that point. So now that person coming can actually participate in the raid and actually get the rewards. They don't have to wait immediately in their new guild, you know? Yeah. So it,
1: yep. So it's really only limited to by what you actually do. There's no limit as far as you know what your guild's doing. Um, mm-hmm. If that makes any sense.
0: Nope, I gotcha. So now we we'll move into some character bug fixes and improvements. So evasion up tooltip correctly to, corrected to say plus fifteen percent evasion. So if you're the opposite of me and ever click on those tooltips, then you would uh, have noticed that it was wrong, and now it's going to be fixed. But once I knew what they all were, I don't think I've ever clicked on them again. So. Yeah, me either. but for those OCD people out there, it's going to be fixed. (laughs) Let's see here. Raid bosses now take 67% less damage from max health percent based damage effects. Damage over time, exposed thermal detonators. Now this one was weird to me, right? So they just got the Jawas who use thermal detonators as a, thing they wanted you to use in this next upcoming raid, but now they've kind of nerfed thermal detonators detonators by 67%. So that one kind of threw me off guard. I wasn't
1: aware that thermal detonators were actually health percentage based damage effects.
0: I did. I don't, I never really realized it was health percentage per se, but I did notice that when they were going off, from my jaws, sometimes they were a bunch of damage, and sometimes they weren't as much, you know?
1: Interesting. So,
0: And same with Dots, because when I use Gamorrean Guard on the Scoundrel Challenges, right, Usually, I keep leaving people with small bars of red health there to die off the Dots and move on to other characters so I don't waste attacks on them. But it always seems like my dots weren't killing these guys. And then I started looking at the damage numbers every time they started, and they were smaller when they had less damage. So it kind of makes sense now, which is why I moved away from just leaving the dots to kill these guys because, yeah, it was starting to get annoying that way.
1: I was doing some research this week about uh, the damage over time effects, and I found something somewhere that basically stated that They are 5% health, you
0: know, per dot. Gotcha. So, I don't. 5% of their remaining health, probably? um, I don't know. It says max health percent based. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. I really don't know. Either way, they're 67% less effective. So, that was just kind of weird to me. That you're pumping up these jawas. So basically, Jawa Engineer is not going to be giving you any damage in the raid. Really. they will just be speeding up your other jawas. That's pretty and important. And maybe adding huh? extra damage to uh, Scavenger, who can blow them up, but, you know. Who knows? Yeah, and Scavenger also
1: uh, drops them whenever other jawas take damage, so.
0: Yeah. I mean, he could put out a lot of them considering what the AOEs on some of these characters in the radar, you know. They might be putting a bunch of thermal detonators on the other team. Maybe that's why they did this. But, I mean, they did it to everything. So, not just thermal detonators. I don't know. Yeah. But I guess we'll see tomorrow. (laughs) Yep,
1: that's true.
0: A couple things that really aren't going to affect anyone else right here. Errors and leaderboard bugs and squad tournament prize ranks loading faster. So, but then they posted a whole bunch of Jedi updates, and most the first one I'm gonna talk about seems pretty cool, and it's almost it's not a rework like a full rework, but in a way it does add a lot to the character, and that's Ahsoka Tano. So her Omega upgrade was for Energetic Slash was upgraded. Protective Maneuver was upgraded. But the important one you notice on her is Daring Padawan now has, if Jedi Anakin is present, Ahsoka Tano gains critical hit immunity for two turns at the start of each encounter and whenever she uses a special ability. So if Anakin is in the party... With Ahsoka Tano, she gets critical hit for two turns at the beginning of the match, and every time she uses a special, that's a lot of crit hit immunity for her.
1: Yeah, and considering, you know, that she has her heals and does pretty good damage anyway, I think she's going to be really awesome on a uh, Jedi Knight,
0: Anakin-led team. Yeah, definitely, and it'll definitely help against some of these... uh, raid mechanics for the tank raid Yeah, because if if those guys aren't critting you usually these raid enemies are hitting for a lot so neuter that damage pretty good for her that'll help out a lot
1: yeah for sure that kind of makes me want to level my Ahsoka up a little bit more and see what she can do
0: yeah I'd have to get her. Well, no, I have her at like three stars, but I'd have to level her up. Yeah. But I do like I did like her character. I had her on my arena team a lot when I was lower level because she was doing pretty good for me there. Yeah. But you, you always reach a point where you're not farming a character and they just get left behind in your team. So happens with a lot that was of them. her. Yeah. Exactly. There's Sophie. Gain defensive up to all allies on her force heal. So add some defense to the whole team. But another thing, and it really, I don't know that this will really help her that much, but uh, swift recovery, she now gets 5 to 9% turn meter whenever an ally is critically hit. So another critical hit uh, mechanic added to another Jedi. Which will give her turn meter, which means she can slap you with her wet noodle more often. So I guess that's okay.
1: Yeah. But. It can also speed her up to give defense up, too. Because, you know, given in Arena, for example, giving defense up to everybody would be pretty significant. I mean, I don't know why you'd use Barris over Royal Guard to do that, but it could be a little bit interesting, at least.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And it'll, well, it'll definitely be a good thing in Galactic War. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Another one, Fives fixed an issue, caused speed down inflicted by his best blasters to decrease speed by more than intended. They could have left this bug and I'd have been okay. Not me.
1: <laughs> fives drives me crazy. This is very
0: exciting. Yeah. yeah. well okay. Let me take that back. They could have, left it for raid kept it out in arena then <laughs> okay fair enough yeah selective bugging that's what we'll call it <laughs> <laughs> another big one here Grandmaster master huge. yoda now we've talked a lot on this podcast about arenas and making your team do what you want it to do on defense as you would do with offense And I thought this was an interesting change. This is the bottom of the list for him, but I'm going to say it first. AI AI will now prioritize battle meditation over all other abilities. So now he's going to use this move first on defense. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the one that grants tenacity up, correct?
1: Yes. It takes all the abilities that he has and then spreads them to everybody. So... What could actually be really interesting, and interesting in Arena is, like, say, if you have a Qui-Gon lead or something and Qui-Gon calls in an assist and it's Yoda, Yoda could come in for the assist, get uh, Foresight, and then do battle meditation, spread Foresight and Tenacity to everybody with the AI using it. So, I mean, that's <laughs> that could be really big as far as making him actual actually be useful in arena again
0: yeah because not only he will if you have him fast enough not only will he grant the potency up so he he already know he's going to grant potency up so if you get him faster than most emperors tenacity he's so yeah sorry tenacity up if you get him faster than most emperors he's going to help you to keep from most of your team being stunned right Oh, yeah. But if but if he's also being called and gets that foresight and spreads that too, that'll be huge for your team.
1: I, I don't know why here, I didn't think about that. That's a good point because this does actually make him a counter to the Emperor. If you can get him, you know, because of... Uh, especially because of Qui-Gon's leader ability, it would be pretty easy to get him to go ahead of him and spread that tenacity through your whole team and then... And then those empire characters are basically
0: worthless. Yeah, it well, That's this is pretty big, and I think you'll see a little more Yoda, maybe not a ton, but uh, I mean, people at the top might be trying to figure this a way to work this in for sure.
1: I do think this and, is going to make some people upset with the fact that uh, speed's going to be insanely important with this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people aren't. A lot of people don't seem too happy that Speed's as important as it is, but it'll definitely stay important with this particular ability with Yoda.
0: Yeah, so on top of him using it, it also has its cooldown decreased by one. So you're going to be able to use it a lot more, and that's good in the raid specifically too, because a lot of people use him to spread Foresight to avoid the Rancor Slam. And if he's able to do that more often, especially if you have him fast, that'll definitely up some people's scores on the uh, on Tier 7. And also, you know, we'll see how he works in the new tank raid, considering Jedis might be getting a buff for yep. Synergy. So the rest of these here, let me see. Omega upgrade for Ataru increased to 15, plus 15% turn meter gain. So that's his basic, isn't it?
1: Yep. It used to be five, which would take it to a 30% turn meter gain overall. But mm-hmm. now with this change, it'll take it to 40% turn meter gain overall with Omega.
0: Very nice. Masterstroke now correctly copies critical hit immunity. So if you got guys on the other side with critical hit, you can actually take it. And it no longer incorrectly copies buffs from Ayala, Ewok Scout, and Jawa. I don't know what that was about, but it's not going to do it anymore. Yep, me either. Omega upgrade for Unstoppable Force increased to thirty percent me- increased to plus thirty percent turn meter reduction. So the amount he takes was what fifty percent before. Uh, not sure. Yeah, it was oh, a good chunk, and now you're adding 30%. It, yeah, it was a good chunk. Now you're adding 30% more to that. It's uh, And on top of that, you can do it a little bit more because unstoppable force cooldown was decreased by one also.
1: Yeah, it was 40%. This will take it to 70% turn meter reduction.
0: Yeah, which is a big number. And then on top of that, the cooldown decreased by one, so you're going to be able to do it a little more often. So his utility, at least in the raid, I'm thinking PVE is going to go up a lot more. Yep. Not only that, in the the arena, Unstoppable Force also will stun targets who are under 100% health instead of under 50% health. So if you hit a guy and brought him down at all in health, he's going to stun him with this move. But that's
1: health, not protection. So you still have to clear through the protection to get to the health, which I think is why they did this, because, you know, with protection, full health is basically 50% total HP. So I think this is Mm -hmm. a good move also.
0: Yeah, because once they get down to 50% health, really nothing's going on there.
1: I kind of wish they would do something with Expose also, because Expose used to be 20% health, and it still is, but it's really you know like eight to ten percent now because of protection
0: yep for sure well they didn't bump that up or do it any favors in the uh, raid considering it got down 67 yeah. percent but Jedi and anakin offense up from reckless assault will not will no longer randomly fail to increase the physical damage of some units so Apparently, before some of the people's on your team, if they got offensive up from him, it wasn't working correctly. So, never fear, everyone is working as intended now.
1: That's good because that offensive up is pretty important for my arena team. I don't want that right. failing to land randomly,
0: especially if you didn't it landed and you didn't know it was working correctly. That would kind of suck. Yeah, and I did see a video on this on Reddit this past week about offense up not working correctly, so maybe that brought some attention to it. Who knows? Yeah. But Plo Koon got a few uh, Omega updates. Nothing too crazy there from what I read. His does add turn meter to Jedi's as well as clones now, so all the turn meter that he was giving to clones before will now go to Jedi's also, so... I think that's his leader ability. So if he's a leader, he'll be able to get give turn meter to Jedi's. And I assume that they added this because of the Jedi synergy in the raid and wanting, if people wanted to use him, have him more, uti- more utility from that. And turn meter's always good, so having him be able to give it to his whole team would probably be a good thing. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see how that works out. I don't know a lot of people that have Plo Koon, but whoever does in our guild, let me know how it goes. Because I'm interested. Now, here's a guy everyone uses with some updates that I didn't know that he needed. Kaigon Jin Harmonious Assault will now correctly increase special damage dealt by the assisting ally. I didn't even know that was broke. And if it's fixed and they do more, I'm going to be even more happy because I liked where it was before.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is big. For if you pair, you know, Qui-Gon with, uh, say, uh, Emperor Palpatine. Because both of his attacks are special damage only. It's no physical. So mm-hmm. if you pair those two together, you should see a pretty significant bump whenever you know Palpatine's called in. Or um, as the next point is, the offense up, uh, offense up granted by Humbling Blow will now correctly increase special damage to all allies also. So that'll be good for Palpatine since that seems to be fairly common as people running those two together.
0: Yeah, kind of surprising two very common arena characters in Anakin and Kaigon Jin having their offense up not working correctly before and now working correctly. So. Yeah. it will definitely be a bump to a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. So Those people that don't run either of those two will not be will still not be happy. <laughs> they were missing
1: out anyway. They need to get with the program.
0: Yeah, Chase that meta. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, I've been looking through some raid mechanics that were data mined about two weeks ago. And I kind of wanted to go over them, but then I started looking through them and it is in depth for sure. Like, you thought the Rancor had some crazy abilities. Throwing extra people on each phase, They, they're, the amount of things that these guys can do are going to take a while for each of us to uh, figure out exactly what's going on, you know? Yep. So, we'll have... These are all data mine things from two weeks ago, so we don't even know that they're correct, but we will know tomorrow, and we plan on going over some of these next week the actual mechanics and kind of our what we've seen in our raids that we've done before the next podcast and uh, kind of talk about them but one thing that we have uh, been told is that Jawas and Jedi's synergies will be get a little buff we don't know what the buff is but as far as the data mine goes for Jawas it said Jawas will have It's called Wrecking Crew. So if you see Wrecking Crew tomorrow, the odds of this being true, probably pretty good. But Jawas have 50% potency, which is huge considering each of these Jawas are doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But this is the one that I question. It's kind of crazy. It says, in addition, when a Jawa uses an ability, they call another ally to assist. So anytime your Jawas do anything, they call someone to assist them. That sounds crazy to me, what do you think of that?
1: yeah, I think it seems more likely that it would be maybe when Jawa uses a special ability, but
0: yeah, they, maybe there was a word missing in there, yeah,
1: either way, this this could definitely be a little bit interesting. I'm curious curious to see exactly what they do for the Jawa buffs. you know if this is actually what it is or if it is in fact something different because. Uh, this could be. This would be really interesting and kind of fun if, you know, every time Jawa uses ability or calling someone into assist, um, it's almost almost phasma like.
0: Well, imagine uh, Nebit using his third ability. There calls in an assist. It's Jawa. He gets another assist. But since he used ability, there's another assist. So you got four assists on one ability. <laughs> I'll take yeah. no. Yeah, three assists on one ability. That I'll take that for sure. It's yeah. crazy. That's
1: why that's kind of why I think it's probably special ability. Cause if it is just a regular ability, Phasma could be a really good lead with the Jawas too.
0: Oh yeah. That attacks all the time. Be crazy. Yep. The other one that they had in here was Jedi the Jedi buff called Defenders of the Republic. Jedi recover fifteen percent of their max health at the start of their turn. This is this one also makes me think that these aren't true, you know, because of protection, right? Yeah. How effective is fifty percent of your max health at the start of your turns, really, for your team in a, in the raid, you know? Because by the time they're out of protection, you're thinking they're going to die. That's how I always see it in the raid, you know. Yeah, but most
1: people go heavy on the protection just because you get more HP total overall if this is the case i could definitely see people going to a lot more of the you know um just under six percent health mods you know for the like the circle or the plus sign and going to more health bonuses that could be really big for your longevity of your jedi
0: in the new raid yeah definitely i hadn't thought about that because if they have they don't have a ton of protection but if they have a B two ish or five ish, max health. You're you're doing pretty well there, especially if you're adding fifty fifteen percent of that every turn. So yep. They, they have a bunch of uh, the basic abilities for the different phases, and it just started to get so complex that uh, I didn't write these down. Not that they're hard to understand. It's just they are grains of salt like i said and i don't want to put out a bunch of 40 minutes of fake information on these mechanics and tomorrow morning it'd be debunked before anyone else heard this you know what i'm saying so yep we're gonna go over some raid strategies we think for these phases and some of them are based on those uh whoa getting some uh, scarf uh transmissions in here what was that
1: uh my phone just started
0: <laughs> Transmissions ready. <laughs> but uh, we got this raid strategy. We're going to go through some of these phases and ideas we had for them. But some of them are based on the data mine ability. So you'll kind of get some of those ideas from the data mine in here. And we'll see if they stick true tomorrow. If not, then next week, like I said, we're going to go over the mechanics and some of our raid ideas again and see what stuck and what didn't and where we go from there. So you want to start us off there on phase one? Yeah. All right. Um, well, basically what
1: we did, you know, uh, we discussed all the phases last week, uh, when Eric was on, we kind of went through and detailed exactly what, um, is involved with each phase and everything. So we kind of looked at that, looked at the other information, the mechanics that we've seen from, uh, you know, all the leaks and, or the data mines and whatever, and kind of come up with a few ideas that we think may be pretty effective for the new raid to at least start off with and then just kind of see where it goes since raid's not actually out at this moment for us. Uh, phase one. One of the ideas we had was the i am a gundy lead with a lot of Jedi. That's what they show in the video that they posted, kind of showing the phases. So that mm-hmm. kind of was a little bit of a hint that this could be pretty effective. Um,
0: something so old, let me just stop you for a second. Okay. The, uh, so well, let me just kind of break down the phases as we go, just so people know what they are. So phase one Good is thinking. main target, Grievous. Second target, Targi. second target, i g 100 magna guard there's going to be two of them and a b2 super battle droid so four characters total two magna guards one battle droid or super battle droid and then grievous so yeah what were we saying sorry didn't mean so, to you there.
1: um no no that's good I, I should have done that to begin with because something else that's super important is b2s on there uh I, personally, I always have issues with B2 in Arena because he's frustrating as hell. He removes your buffs and can put buff immunity down. So, it's going to be really important to probably get him killed off as quickly as possible. Especially if you're using, you know, characters that are giving you defense up. Or, say, if you have um, Kit Fisto that gives you potency up. Um you don't want those debuffs or those buffs going away, so I think taking out B2 pretty early is going to be super important. Um, and something else we noticed is that uh, General Grievous has a way to give himself offense up,
0: so yeah. Uh, so, let me expound on that. The yeah. supposedly every seventh turn he gains a thing called tactical maneuvering. So every seventh time you attack him, he gains tactical maneuvering for three turns, which is 150% offense. This seems kind of similar
1: to the devour from rancor is kind of what I'm getting.
0: Yeah. So you want a way to try to negate as much as that as possible. And I think that's where you were going with that. Yes, exactly. Um,
1: So, you know, Putting offense down on him, especially if he's got that, will significantly dampen the amount of damage that he's going to be doing to
0: you. Uh, what else do you think? Well, so based on the data mine stuff, uh, also on that seventh turn, when he gets that huge offense buff, uh, he'll give 100% turn meter to himself and to another ally. So one of the two Magna Guards are the B2 and that one he gets 100% turn meter to will also taunt. So as far as that goes, there's that taunt and also the Magna Guards. On your turn, if you have a debuff from the Magna Guards and both their basic and special supposedly offer debuffs on your characters, if you have any debuffs on your characters, when the when you start your turn the magna guards both of them are going to taunt so lots of taunting going on kind of like in phase one on the rancor raid right those two side pigs are always taunting yep they're trying to keep you from hitting the cart the captain so my idea bring up bring your best tank busters you know I, this may be a terrible idea but asajj could be one just to suck those uh positive status effects off the other team. Just depends on how much you trust her. Not a lot of people do, but she does have that ability and that might be helpful. And then on top of that, B2 B2 versus B2, let it go, you know, take all those taunts off and make sure that you can hit the people you want to in the order you want to and not let them dictate the fight. And I think that's one of the main things you want to do in raids, right? Dictate the fight yourself and not let them dictate it to you. So B2, I think it'll be a good one. Assage maybe. But phase one-wise, that's going to be important. You're going to see a lot of taunts.
1: Isn't there you someone can else? Can you think
0: of any of them? Yeah, th- yeah I've got say. a
1: couple, but uh, real quick, do you know of anyone else that removes the or th- that removes buffs? Uh, Qui-Gon, obviously, but I was thinking there was someone else that had an AoE that removed him. Am I wrong about that, or
0: do you know? That's a good question. I'd have to look it up. The only person I can think of besides Qui-Gon is Tebow. He can do it, too. Oh,
1: yeah. But. Yeah, he can. Uh, well, anyway, uh, two that I was going to get to is, like you were saying, the Magna Guard's taunt kind of is based on their ability to land debuffs. So that could be really important for using Yoda to make sure that you're not getting debuffed, using that uh, his meditation to give everyone tenacity up. And then also the Emperor, using his basic attack on them to prevent turn meter gain and to prevent them from taunting. I think both of those could be really big and save you a lot of headache in that phase one.
0: Yeah, definitely. Those are two... Really good ways to keep those uh, dictate it yourself, like I was saying. So, based off those things that we know or think we know, those are some ideas for you. Then we go on to phase two. Phase two is the tank, which has the hull, the main turret, the left gun, and the right gun. Now, as far as I've read on that data mine about this, And I would assume it's true because I can see this being the same way as the Rancor in a way. If you are able to take down all the turrets, it topples the tank and gives you all the same, uh, you know, things you would get from the Rancor, from the, the wall. You would get them when you take out these turrets. So you want to look out for that. That's a good way to topple it. It comes back, and I don't know if you can take it back down immediately. Obviously, we'll find out, but you can topple in phase two.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm assuming it will probably work fairly similar. Like, the tank will be stuck there for a minute while the droid comes out and fixes it or something along those lines.
0: Right. But another thing I noticed on this one... Once again, from the data mine, lots of, uh, lots of re- referring to that because that's the only thing we have to kind of draw conclusions from. But anyways, bring tunes that can give out positive status effects to team or to themselves. As far as I can tell, you're going to want a lot of characters that can put buffs on themselves. One of the abilities was massive damage to the main target from the main gun if you don't have positive status effects. So if this thing targets one of your guys that don't have a buff, it's kind of like the opposite of the death mark, right? There's no debuff on you, but if you don't have any buffs on yourself and it targets you, you're probably going to get hit pretty damn hard. Yeah. So having tunes that can give out positive status effects, like a Yoda to everyone or a um, Phasma you know, people that do that kind of thing. Or even Leia, in a way. She can get the... Just anyone that will get something on your guys so they don't take as much damage. That's probably going to be important in Phase 2. So, you got something else here? What was that?
1: Um, well, uh, we're not exactly sure how the mechanics of the guns are going to work. Um, but as you can tell from the video, if you've watched it, You know, they have their own turn meter. So you have the tank, you have the two left, you know, the left and right gun, and then the main turret. And they all have their own health pool and their own turn meter. So it kind of makes me curious exactly how well turn meter removal and stuns will work, um, if they'll actually work on the tank, or if the tank's gonna be a little bit different and be more like the Rancor, in which it doesn't really, it doesn't get stunned at all. If so, Palpatine becomes almost worthless in this phase. And, you know, if turn meter removal, I know they've said that it's supposed to be like 50% more difficult or 50% less effective turn meter uh, on this raid. So, you know, those turn (laughs) meter removal characters and stunners may not be very good in phase two especially.
0: That turn meter thing, I uh, can't forget who was bringing it up saying they hadn't read that anywhere. I saw it in the data mine, and it was only listed as actually part of the unique of one type of character in this raid. So I don't know if it's actually not as effective on the whole raid, but it's definitely not as effective on certain people. I don't know. I, we're going to have to wait till tomorrow to see, but... yeah that's going to be a big thing for this raid once you find out uh, how turn meter removal works in this then with how big it was in rancor you're going to want to know that right so
1: yeah so those are definitely things to at least keep your eye out for because as it actually becomes available and you kind of start doing it you'll you, you'll get an idea of if some of the stuff will work that well or not but
0: my favorite part about this podcast is that everyone's going to listen to it after they've done the raid and be like, "What the hell are these people talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: hopefully there will be at least a decent there's usually a decent number to download it, you know, the day immediately after so hopefully people listen to it and maybe have a little bit of an advantage going into the raid with some of these ideas, but I guess Or we'll maybe see. we
0: call it perfectly and everyone's like, "Wow, Nostradamus over here." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe. Anyway, so for Phase 3, that's the one where the Rocket B2 comes out with three B1 Battle Droids and three B1 Battle Droid Commanders. So, going to be a lot of people to kill in this phase. So, not really knowing what the mechanics are, one thing we can say for sure is that AoE should be very effective. And you had an idea for a team for this phase, right?
1: Um, I had a couple ideas, or just a
0: group of people.
1: Yeah. A <laughs> few ideas. I won't be able to do this due to the character being on my arena team and I am not changing it, but an old bin lead could be really effective with a bunch of Jawas. Um, mm-hmm. due to the fact, you know, he gives turn meter Jawa himself mm-hmm. actually gets uh, evasion and gains turn meter on evasions or whenever he evades. Uh, so that could be really interesting with this many, uh, you know, that many enemies attacking.
0: Yeah, Big, definitely. hadn't thought about that. That's pretty good.
1: But I think the biggest thing is, or another idea would be, so having your Dacha is leader because, you know, he can do uh, turn meter removal and defense down he gives that to everybody when attacking droids. So doing that paired with like Jawa and, you know, more AOE characters, I think Lando could be super awesome in this. Cause there's going to be a damn good chance that he's going to land more than two AOEs. So he could basically just do AOEs constantly.
0: No, uh, definitely. He'll actually, he'll definitely be better in this raid than he ever was in Rankover. Yes, for sure. And
1: especially Phase 3. Um, mm-hmm. Jedi Knight Anakin's another one that'll be really effective. Palpatine for his, um, you know, his stuns. I think, mm-hmm. I think those are the biggest ones that could be super effective. Um, exactly how to build those teams together. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I think just a heavy AOE team will probably be pretty awesome for Phase 3.
0: Yeah, yeah, I gotta hope and think that, unlike the last raid, you're gonna be able to stun. Because that'll make Jawas' AOE really good. If he can land, you've got potency on him, and he can land those stuns on that many droids to help you out. Yep, that'll be good. And
1: I, I think they'll allow stuns on just about everything besides the AAT tank. And maybe General Grievous. I don't know. We'll we'll see for Grievous. But I think this phase three. I think just about everybody you encounter will probably be able to be stunned. You know, uh, if not the B two rocket trooper, then probably the
0: other six at least. Yep, makes sense. So phase four is the tank coming back, and that's it. Just oh, there you go. The tank and two B2 super battle droids. So, this one adds an extra mechanic according to the data mine, which sounds pretty terrible and it reminds me a lot of phase four from the Ring raid with the amount of damage that's going to be coming out. So, as far as this goes, it's similar to phase two, so you're going to want those guys in there with uh, the ability to add positive status effects on your characters because if that main tank cannon hits your dude without any it's going to be painful so just like phase two phase four same way but you can also topple it in phase four like you could in phase two but the, the extra mechanic it adds in the fourth phase is when it becomes toppled it will call an airstrike on its current position so calls in an airstrike. That sounds you bad. You do all your damage. Yeah. Airstrike. Those are always bad. But this, you get in there, you do all your damage, you're critting on everything, whatever. He gets his full turn meter back, and that's when the airstrike comes. And it deals physical damage to all enemies, AOE style. Imagine that. But it can't be evaded or countered. And then the other part to that is, if you don't have a positive status effect, you're going to receive massive damage. So, like I said, you want those positive status effects. Because if this airstrike comes in and you don't have positive status effects, I have a feeling that it's going to take out some guys. Yeah. So, kind of like a raincore slam in the phase four. Just decimate.
1: So, this is another one of those phases where somebody like Jedi Knight Anakin can almost be a defensive character because of how mm-hmm. often he can give offense up.
0: Yep. Definitely. You're going to want those types of guys in this phase, I think. So that's pretty much what we've gathered so far. And let's see how much that holds up tomorrow. I'm interested and I have a feeling that a lot of it will, and we'll find some more surprises. So Yep. We'll try to share with you what we found come our next podcast. But hopefully everyone enjoys it because from the sound of it to me, just the fact it's new, I'm going to enjoy it. But on top of that, it's it seems different enough from the Rancor that it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. I agree.
1: So. Can't wait. Yep.
0: Nope. So now we'll move into our new player tip of the week. And we kind of just looking at the guides that we've seen online in different places sometimes they still seem like they're out of date to what's going on currently in the game and so we just kind of want to go over some of the shipments that people have access to in the game from low levels and where they can, they start farming those initial characters you know the guys that who are going to become their first seven stars right you know your baby so we're going to look at it arena shipments this week and kind of give you our ideas on guys in there that you want to grab first. And the guys that you want to wait till you've been playing for a year and a half and get, if you don't think anyone else is coming there. (laughs) Yep. Pretty (laughs) much. I'll let you hit some of these first and then I'll kind of see how mine stack up against yours. Well,
1: we'll kind of go ahead and surprise everybody. Uh, One thing I thought was really interesting was we did these independently, and yet we still had the same top three in the same order. Um, (laughs) I I thought that was kind of interesting, but it kind of makes sense given some of the events that have come out lately. So for us, the number one character to get from arena shipments, if you're just starting out or whatever, or if you don't have him yet, IG-88. He's fantastic. Great damage. He can fit in so many teams. He is amazing for the credit heist. Uh, I mean, hell, him and Lando can basically clear it by themselves because they're AoEs. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's a good start for droid teams. So there's IG88 has quite a bit of flexibility, a lot more than I think people used to think that he did, especially now that we have mods. But um, he. Yeah, and he really... gained that
0: scoundrel tag recently. So yeah, I, I think that was that the biggest thing. That definitely
1: that. He he w- definitely wouldn't be this high if it wasn't for the scoundrel tag. Um, mm-hmm. And he's got a great AOE that does a lot of damage and has a chance at doing ability block and defensive or defense down. So he is our number one guy for arena shipments.
0: Uh, you want to take number two? Sure. This one shouldn't be a surprise and a lot of people listening might think IG-88, why him? This is the guy that you might put in there. We definitely had him second and that is Stormtrooper Han because he is viable on any team you put him on, in my opinion. you Once you get him to about gear 10 and his health and his protection shoot up, he can pretty much go anywhere on any team. But then on top of that, he's a scoundrel also, like IG88, and he's also a rebel. So he's got a lot of utility in those two tags, along with his along with his viability on most teams. So he's definitely a must grab. Agreed. In that case, so he's a staple on my arena team, and I love the dude. And I'm pretty sure he's been on your team too.
1: Yeah, he's been a my for a that is.
0: very, very long time. Yeah, he's amazing. Exactly. My, I'll say this. Protection did him a lot of favors. Yeah, it did. For sure. Because no one really loved him before Protection came out. But once you could really give him some... He was considered real squishy before. But once Protection came out, he made him a lot more viable than he was. Along with his turn meter manipulation, it's just... He's a good one to have. Yep.
1: And if it wasn't for either credit heist or IG 88, having the scoundrel tag, no question. Stormtrooper Han would be far and away the number one guy. So, um, moving on to number three, our third one is Admiral Ackbar. He's an amazing support character. Uh, you know, he cleanses the debuffs from your team and tactical genius has so many uses. Uh, You know, sticking him before Lando or maybe even Gamorrean Guard or Phasma. Anyone that has two specials that you kind of want to use back-to-back or something along those lines, he is amazing for doing that. His leader ability is great. You know, the plus 25 speed, the plus 10% tenacity, and the fact that anytime somebody uses an ability that doesn't cause damage, call in an assist. A rebel to assist, so he's he's great, and you know he makes Stormtrooper Han a little bit faster. So I think he's a great option. A lot of a lot of ways you can go with him on your arena team.
0: Yeah, and definitely. And if you're running a rebel team at the be- if you want a rebel team from the start, this dude is probably going to be your number one guy because he's pretty much one of two viable rebel leaders right so you got him or wedge really and when you start the game it's going to be a while before you can farm wedge so if you're starting wanting a rebel team this is the dude you're going to want to lead your team
1: and something else that factors in is the emperor event we don't know when it's going to come back but admiral akbar is an amazing leader for that and akbar is also a fantastic leader in galactic war you know, he just allows so many extra attacks and everything, so.
0: Well, especially if you run a rebel team in Galactic War, right? So this might sell him for some people, right? Because he, his debuff heals, so when you take down all these debuffs on your characters, it'll heal your characters up. And as you get further along into Galactic War, you start getting where you have no protection, and your guys start dying throughout the fight, he can heal them back up to the to full before that fight ends again, and you'll be right back in it for the next one. And I use that on my B account all the time because he can get me at least all the way up to like the tenth node without losing anyone, and it works like magic. Yes, it does. So, well, definitely yeah. I Akbar is amazing. Now for as long as these fourth and fifth characters, we both had the same two here. Yep. But we had just had them flip flopped. So my four. My four was Nebbit, Chief Nebbit, the Jawa tank, and my five was Princess Leia, the damage dealer. And you had him flip flop four Leia, five Nebbit. So exactly. As far as me, Nebbit, strong tank, good Jawa lead, synergy, possible synergy in the tank raid. This guy, I love him for Galactic War. Obviously, we haven't done the, the tank raid yet, but as far as Galactic War goes, on my A account, he's always in there in Galactic War because his basic gives everyone protection. Now, it's not every time he uses it, but a good chunk of the time he gives protection to people, and I love the fact that he refills my team's protection in Galactic War. And yeah. in the long haul, that can really help your team. So, Plus, he's a taunt. And when you Omega his, his taunt... He's pretty much, he can taunt all the time. So, he's a really good tank. He works really well with droid teams. He works really well in Galactic War, and I don't know that anyone does it, but he can still be possibly viable in the lower ranks in an arena on any team, I think.
1: Yeah, and something else, something we're going to get to here in a minute on the mod (laughs) challenges... Uh, he is an amazing leader for beating that Tier 3 Critical Damage Challenge. He's he's definitely the best leader for that, so that's definitely a big use for him. Uh, but I chose Leia as my fourth just because she is a really great damage dealer. She makes Galactic War super easy uh, I, when... You know, uh, she gets called in for an assist with the Akbar lead. You know, pairing them together. You know, she does a ton of damage and just helps out quite a bit. Uh, and plus, it's kind of hard to damage her unless people are doing Aoes because her info stealth is absolutely amazing. So that's basically yeah, you Omega. That stealth and
0: she'll never come out of it. Yep. So.
1: So that's basically my reasons for going with Leia um now we so you actually wanna go
0: over how oh we agreed on this one too nice. yeah
1: we have the same sixth one uh we both had hk47 he's obviously the only leader you need on a android team there's no reason to go anyone else um but outside of that he's he's not really all that great but we kind of have him this high mainly because or at least I have him this high because droid teams are pretty damn good and he's the only leader you really want with a droid team.
0: Yeah, definitely, and especially if you get IG-88 and you go after HK-47, it's really not that hard to fill out the droid team because you can still get IG-86 out of Galactic War, Nebit, like we were talking about in here and then yep. Jawa engineer out of uh guild shipments and you're good to go so it's really not that hard to get yeah sure he doesn't stand alone outside of the droid team himself very well but he's a key cog in a droid team if you're going to have one so no question let's go over a few more of these guys we have here just to maybe not rank them so much but kind of tell you guys that we think are pretty good do you have any others that you would put towards the top there
1: uh no um the next two on my list i have eth and ugnaught i basically have both of them there strictly because of the new raid um i feel like once you get this far down the list you're probably at the point where you're in a guild that's doing the raids so i think it'd be pretty important to have a couple of characters that should be really good for it um this these two could certainly move down on this list if they're not as effective in the new rate as we're expecting them to be. So, mm-hmm. But that's the only reason they're there for me.
0: Makes sense. As far as the
1: uh, rest of the characters are left go... I want to add one more thing going? on Eeth Koth. Uh, Koth is also a really easy, farmable Jedi for getting um,
0: uh, Yoda. So... That's yep, definitely. If you're trying club. to shoot up to get uh, Yoda, he's the only Jedi in the arena shipment. So if you're trying to get another Jedi out of every shipment to get him as fast as you can, this is the guy you're going to go after. And I have him gear 10 with mods, and he has a ton of protection, a lot of good health, and he hits about 4K. So he's not terrible. He makes for good B and C team, galactic war fodder. And hopefully, with his extra damage to droids in the raid on a Jedi team, if they do get buffs, he should do pretty well in there. Not to mention his his uh, special ability stuns droids has a good chance to stun droids. So yep, it's he's he's definitely got promise for the raid. But others that I like, if you like AOE. Sidious and Asajj are listed as having some of the highest damage in their AOEs. No one uses them, so no one really can attest to that. And everything else they have in their kits are not really viable since mods and protections. So they're not really uh, must-haves, but I still enjoy throwing Sidious in my Galactic War. And And it's mostly because he was my first seven... Yeah, uh, he was mine, too.
1: So um, Uh, He used to be meta, but um, Asajj also could be really good, especially now that we have mods. You can actually give her some speed because she's slow as hell, but mm -hmm. if you gave her some speed mods, she could actually be pretty interesting, too, with some of these uh, really buff-centric teams.
0: Yeah, Uh, for sure. And if her AoE is doing as much as the numbers say on swgoh.gg, that's a pretty good AOE. And then on top of that, her, she can take all the positive buffs from the other team. So that's a pretty huge thing. Maybe you don't throw her in your arena team. So the AI uses her cause the AI is terrible, but if you're using her like in the raid, you might be able to get some good use out of her. So, yep. Do you need more? <laughs> there's three, no, there's four scoundrels in arena ship. So, if you need more scoundrels, Newt Gunray and Greedo are there. I don't know of anyone that goes for them before like the first nine seven stars they get out of there, but they are there if you need more scoundrels. So, as far as the rest of them go, there's some some interesting ones: Grand Moff Tarkin, Savage Press, you know, uh, Uggnot. But uh, I think with the Pretty uh, steady, what's the word? I, I think we can both agree that the last person you should ever go for in arena shipments is Corson Underworld Police.
1: That's non
0: debatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from that. If you would like to I'd be different, that's your guy, but yeah. Credits over cup. Just
1: saying. Yeah. <laughs> Credits over Cup. Exactly. (laughs) Well, um, our next segment, uh, we kind of touched on a little bit last week, but we're going to go back over the mod set bonuses. We're just going to kind of talk a little bit more in depth about which ones we like, why, and kind of how we rank them. So uh, we each did our rankings on these as well. Um, And uh, something we're making sure to do now are the show notes so all of these rankings you can go into the description of the podcast file and you'll be able to see all of our rankings you know each one of us have our rankings separated out so go there and find that um but i'll go ahead and run through uh thought was interesting that once again we both had the exact same top three in the same order uh (laughs) on the mod set bonuses which we went critical damage number one potency number two and health number three uh I, i know i feel like whenever i talk to people about this stuff a lot they're always talking about the speed bonuses and like how they're one of the best ones but i they're pretty far down on my list i think these other three are by far the best three to get. Your critical damage, um, that extra 30% damage, especially on your higher damage characters, your Ray, Leia, Lando, um, IG-88, those guys, they just gain so much from having the critical damage bonus that there's not really another way to go. Um, potency is obviously huge for... A ton of characters' debuffs have become a pretty important part of the game, it seems like. So making sure that, you know, your Emperor or your Old Bin can actually land the debuffs that they that their abilities allow them to land is huge. That's why that one's my number two. Plus, uh, you know, a full set of potency bonuses gives 30% potency, which is pretty significant. And
0: yeah. that's 30 straight percent, right? Yes, it's not thirty percent of the percentage that you have. It just adds thirty percent, right?
1: Yes, exactly. So, a character that so, like, has compared 10%. To other
0: bonuses. This is this this is just a huge number, you know. Yep. So, thirty percent added on to let's say a guy that only has twenty two percent to begin with, you're more than doubling it. You know.
1: Yeah, and getting bonus 50%. for potency is huge. Getting over 50% is, I mean, that's probably the sweet spot for most characters with the potency. And those potency mods just make it so
0: easy. Yeah, if you get a potency bonus along with a potency cross, you're already adding 54% if it's a five-star mod. 54% to whatever they had. That can make anyone viable. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I like potency mods. The problem will be getting my Empire guys up there.
1: Yeah, and that's something else we should talk about is, so the critical damage it requires Jawas. You have to have all five Jawas, and they can be kind of a pain to farm. You know, the one's out of Cantina, one's out of Arena. Uh, Jawa you actually kind of start off with. Dath pretty easy from Galactic War. And um, wh- where's the other one come from? Drawing a blank. Jawa Engineer comes out of Gilchrist. Oh, that's right. Yep. Exactly. Well, the only two
0: that you're really going to have a hard time with are Jawa and Jawa Engineer. I, myself, did Jawa from Cantina Battles and got him to seven stars, so that was pretty easy. He doesn't cost a lot for his either, so that's where I got him. I have yeah. them all at seven except for the Engineer because I kind of started late on him. But he seems to be the one that's probably would take the longest to get. And then remember, you don't even have to have them at seven star to do tier three. You just have to have them at five star.
1: Yeah, I beat tier three with only one of them at seven star, two at six star, and two at five star. And it was took me like three or four tries. It wasn't really that difficult. You just kind of have to mod them correctly and, you know, just make sure you know how to use them. But uh, I think the critical damage challenge is probably one of the easiest, and it's the most important one. Um Theme. Yeah,
0: it didn't. It wasn't too bad. The
1: the potency one was pretty easy if you have the emperor lead. If you don't have the emperor, then that one may be a little bit more difficult to actually three star tier three on, because uh, I was having hell before I got him on that one. And then obviously the health, uh, it's it's great for the fact that any character you want can do it. So it's going to be the by far the easiest one to three star. And the most important thing is you know that you're actually getting five-star mods. So,
0: uh, yeah, all your, your main stats and secondary stats on health mods are still going to really help your team to become viable. So let's say you're a a newer player and all you have is the health one. There's really no reason to feel discouraged because if you're getting five-star health mods and you're putting those on your guys with the right stats, still going to help them a lot in your arena. You know, so th-
1: this is something that I, just kind of talking to people, a lot of people don't think about sometimes, I think, is the fact that all of these can have the same secondaries. It doesn't really matter what the bonus is. They can all have the same secondaries, the same primaries. Like, none of that changes across these bonuses. The only difference is that particular bonus that you're getting. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't have to have, you know, five resistance characters to get speed mods you can still get speed from you know the health bonus mods um you know Mm -hmm.
0: and on your primary and secondary stats
1: yeah exactly so and something else the health ones it's you know you can add 30 percent health with six of those pretty easily it's great it's you know just makes your characters last that much longer um Mm -hmm. and like what we're saying before that could be really important for the jedi in the upcoming raid um, totally. Real quickly, I'll go through. Um, after that, I have Tenacity, then Crit Chance, then Speed, then Defense, and then Offense is the last one for me. Um, I'm going to talk about that here in a second real quick. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and finish your list, though.
0: Yeah, so the only real difference is we have a couple things flip-flopped, and I rated Crit Chance over Tenacity only because some of those guys – Reclice, requi, eh, rely require rely so much on crit chance for their moves to add extra bonuses that you want to get those crit chances so I think that's important but tenacity also is important because being able to avoid being turn meter being taken from you or debuffs being put in on you are important also rank both those higher than speed just like you speed. We had it both in the same spot. I just... Slow players... Or slow car, cartoons. God. Slow characters are going to stay slow. And you, if you're only adding a percentage of their speed back to them, you're really not giving them that much from a speed set. You want that speed from their their set numbers on the uh, primary and secondary stats. Yep. Now, I'm not saying that it won't hurt them. Like, if you put it on Ray, you put it on dooku those types of characters it's gonna do a lot more good for them than some of the other ones but i just don't see speed being that big a thing and not to mention you'll have to have five resistance to get it and there's only five resistance overall so it takes a lot of work to get it and i don't know that i would prioritize that very highly so i
1: certainly wouldn't it's I was able to beat it pretty early on because I've had resistance characters for a while, and it's it's not the benefit that a lot of people think that it is.
0: So, yeah, and I just flipped offense and defense. I just put offense ahead of defense because just to me, defense is hard to qualify. You know, I don't. You never really see the numbers and what it does to your team. They could be great, and I know there are a lot of people on Reddit that. You rave about them, but I put them last. Offense is good. I don't think it's great, so that's my second to last. But that's where I rank them. Pretty close to you. Just a couple things flip-flopped. But you had something to say about offense bonus versus crit damage, right?
1: I do. Um, So why do you prefer crit damage over offense?
0: Because I feel like crit damage gives me more damage.
1: Okay, what if I told you, and it kind of makes sense, okay, your critical chance actually determines whether you're better off with crit damage mods or offense bonus mods.
0: Well, that would make sense, because if you're not getting the crit damage, it's really not going to do as much for offense, which you get every time. Exactly. So
1: I have a shout-out to, uh, who is it, Mezos? Um, he was the one that did all the work on this. Uh, he is a member of Moliza empire and he ran the calculations on this and it was pretty interesting. And basically the threshold is 40% crit chance. If you are actually below 40% crit chance on a character, you actually get more damage output by having the offensive bonus mods. If you're above 40%, you're better off with the crit damage mods, and that's why the crit damage is that much more important, because if you have less than 40% crit chance, for the most part, you're not too worried about damage on those characters. They're not necessarily there to do damage, Uh, but your higher damage characters are typically going to have a much higher crit chance, and you're going to want them to crit more often anyway. So, once you get above that 40%, you're better off with crit damage. So, if you're if that's what you're wanting is total damage output, critical damage is the way to go. And it it just gets significantly worse, you know, uh or benefits crit damage more and more the higher crit chance that you actually go. So, I actually have the Reddit link um in the show notes y'all can go find that and you can actually go see uh there's a thread on reddit and that is listed on the comment section all the math on it um and basically how it was ran so i think that's really important for people to know because uh offense sounds yeah. great but it's nice to know which one's actually more effective
0: yeah, definitely. That's a really interesting breakdown of the numbers where you want what. I'll have to think about that next time I'm looking at these dudes.
1: Yeah, for sure. So. Uh, well, uh, we have just one last thing to kind of go over. Uh, what's actually just a comment I wanted to make real quick. Uh, there was a data mine here recently that actually showed in the next tournament you will actually lock your defensive teams, so they are actually going to do something about the whole, uh, you know, swapping wins thing that occurred last time. This time, it'll be
0: true pay-to-win. Yeah, <laughs> the auction will be what they wanted it to be. Exactly. I saw that comment on Reddit. made me laugh. <laughs> yep, <laughs> which I'm completely
1: fine with. Like, I, th- I think that's what it should be, so I have no issue with it. I'm glad they're making that change, so.
0: Yeah, the only thing I would like to be changed on top of that is getting points from your defense, but... Agreed. A man can dream. That's true. I do have an email this week, though. Ooh, exciting. Yeah, it's from a guy named Jerry. Oh. He went, yeah, he actually wrote into the show. His spelling wasn't very good, but I'll try to pick through what I can. It said something about... He knows the new tank raid is coming out tomorrow and he wanted me to give a shout out to everyone to say he's going to be super viable and he thinks he's going to be the new Tebow so wow! if you can throw Magma Trooper in there and see what he does he promises to be the guy for you so I don't know about the truth to that but I'm an equal opportunity guy here and he wrote in so I figured I'd Let his email be known to everyone. Hey, I'm a fan of
1: anyone who's a fan of the podcast, so I will have to at least
0: give him a shot and see what happens. He also wanted me to say that his cousin, Ken Bone, his Reddit comments and his Reddit history do not (laughs) reflect his thoughts. So (laughs) that was a PS on his email. Just there you go. That's a good postscript. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone, we hope you enjoy the AAT rank. Tank raid tomorrow, and uh, we know we will, and we'll be back next week with uh, as much information as we can fit in one podcast about it. So, for sure, enjoy your week. I'll enjoy Vegas. All right, talk to y'all later. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming and may the force be with you.